talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back to Messy Christianity. Oh, this is a good topic this morning, too. Did the devil really make me do it? Yes. Yes. All right. Thank you for joining us. This is Kevin and Brent, and I'm Jeff, and we are talking about things uh, of faith, things of life, and everything in between. And so uh, this was kind of an interesting one. The, mm-hmm. Did the devil make me do it? And that's kind of a blame shift, I suppose. It's it's trying to, to give a reason for the reason we do, so, or, or for, for something we do, whether it's sin or just a bad decision that was you know, stupidity. Um, let's, let's talk about this, boys. Well, this very topic brings back to me the old classic cartoons and the old black and white movies <laughs> where you got the devil on one side, on one shoulder, and you got the angel on the other shoulder, and they're both whispering in your ear on what you're supposed to do. And it's kind of that, that idea of which, which direction am I going? Which way am I going to listen? Who's going to speak the, speak the truth or who's going to wet my whistle in such a way that it, it causes me to follow one thing or another? And if I make a bad decision, well, it wasn't really my fault. It was the devil. It was the bad choices. Right. It was what was whispered in my ear. It was that other person. And it is the blame game. We, we take the credit for the good stuff, but we blame other people for our, for our bad choices, whether that's the devil, whether that's um, some kind of a demonic spirit, or whether that's just our next-door neighbor, somebody that we're not friends with anymore. It all ties in together. Sure. Yeah, and that's uh, – but this is, this is since we, from when we were born. Um, I, I always like to go back to this as a, a human pattern or a, a human uh, a default mechanism, I guess I could say. So in Genesis 1, you ever, or not Genesis 1, Genesis uh, 2, no, Genesis 3, sorry, I'm going through. Keep going through. One of those things. Maybe it's in Genesis, I don't know, somewhere in the Bible. <laughs> in Deuteronomy. Yeah. Um, but, but in Genesis 3, and have you ever noticed how so many things in life are found in the first 11 chapters of Genesis? Sure. Think about this. Everything we need to know fun, fundam, or foundationally is found in those 11 chapters. Another podcast. <laughs> Genesis 3, um, Adam and Eve sinned against God, and they reacted to the sin the same way that we react to sin, or to the revealing of the sin. They um, they hide, they cover, they blame. and they blame. Mm-hmm. And that's our same reaction today, sure. however many thousands of years later. Yeah. They hid from God. God was walking through the garden, calling their name, so they hid, right? And when they confronted him, he said, hey, who, who made those clothes for you? Why are you wearing clothes made of, of fig leaves? Well, it's his fault. Eve blamed Adam. Adam blamed Eve, right? And I think we still do that. We want to blame someone, and the easiest blame is yeah. the devil. And so from, from, our, from the womb, we come out wanting to hide and wanting to cover and wanting to blame. We don't want to own our own guilt. Sure. I mean, that... Adam blamed Eve in that situation. Eve blamed, you know, yeah, Satan. Yeah, he didn't blame but, Adam, but, I mean, he blamed but, Satan, but yeah, but, you're but right. Same point. Though. So she's the original, the devil made me do it. <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, that literally is what yeah, she said. Right. I mean, the, you know, the serpent uh, made me do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, obviously, we don't like to <laughs> say, I did this. But at the, but at the heart of it, that that is what true confession is, is against my God and my God only have I sinned. David said that, the prodigal son said that. I mean, so... That's at the heart of true confession is when we do own it. Um, you know, that's not really our topic, I guess. But but yeah, but we you do know what? We should get point, we though. should get into that though. Yeah, because because 
The Devil Made Me Do It is a rebellion against confession. Yes. Oh, gosh, I say yes and no all the time in here because yeah. I feel like I'm walking a fence here. The topic today is The Devil Made Me Do It. So I don't want to take it so far as to we negate that the presence of evil powers are there, and, and that is possible. I mean, Peter talks about the he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, and he comes to steal and comes to kill and to destroy. And, and John, um, Ephesians talks about don't give the devil a foothold in our lives. So we do have that essence, and, and there are times where the answer really truly may be the devil made me do it, but not all the time, not all the time. So there are times where, and so, yeah, your question is that, and if, when we say the devil made me do it, is it shifting the blame and just not taking it on ourselves? Yeah, sometimes I think so. It's just easy blame. Let's just call it like it is. The devil can't make us do anything. Right. Right. Period. True that. Yep. He, he, he can, it, it's almost like uh, the new rules, as I understand anyways, I've never been to boot camp, but the new rules of boot camp, they can get right in your face, they can get close, but they can't yeah. touch you. So they're going to try to break you with everything they've got, but ultimately if you break... You're the one that broke. So the devil can't make us do anything, but that Ephesians passage talking about don't give the devil a foothold. A foothold, yeah. It, he can't make us do anything, but we can get ourselves so close to the situation to where we've almost made it an irresistible, our choice. I'm getting shaky ground. So we, no, no, you're right. It's we dance with the devil. Yes. You, you, you're right on. So... When we look at the at the devil, so many times we're looking at black and white, right and wrong, mm-hmm. evil and good. And although that's accurate, the devil also disguises himself as an angel of light. Right. So the, the angel of light, the evil one, produces false light. Sure. He produces light pollution. Light pollution affects animals. It affects insects. It affects our very vision for being able to see things at night. Light pollution from the evil one affects our understanding yeah. of what right and wrong is and what's biblical, not biblical, what's of God, what's not of God. Remember that he is a master of counterfeit. And so he, we we spiritualize. Yeah. We can take something that's good and spiritualize it and say that it's God. But I, I love very- this idea that... That any everything of God is good, but not everything good is God. And the, and the evil one can make things look like it's good. It looks like it's the real light, and and, pers- and and as if to deceive us. And it's up to us not to take a hold and follow that light because it's like the light that we have on the um, on the front porch that the bugs are drawn to yeah. and it kills them. That's what the evil yeah. one is. He's that false. I light. need a bug zapper, by the way. Bug if zapper. you know where I can find one, well, I'm sure Lowe's or. Anybody out there got a Shout bug, out to Phil. bug zapper? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're absolutely right that that the light pollution it is it is a counterfeit synthetic light that doesn't it doesn't do what the original is intended to do. We often think of the devil as tempting these big bad ugly sins, and, yeah. and he does sometimes. with a pitchfork and, yeah, a, and yeah. a sharp tail, and yeah. he's got but, a red suit with horns. But Adam and Eve creation story again, fruit, you know, and the promise of yeah, you'll how can fruit to, be bad? Be, fruit's not bad, and then you'll be able to know more. I mean, it's completely disguised. Is you know who told you you couldn't know this? So it was a promise of something good. I mean, it was completely evil. You know, something in that story good. too that we need to remember. And I, 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 without reading, I can't. I don't want to misquote it. But the first question 
was, why don't you eat? Well, God told us not to. And then, but, but he didn't end there. It wasn't like the devil goes, oh, okay, good point, and left. He, he, kept, he kept hammering. He, he kept pecking you. away, right? It's like the guy who's in jail, and, um, and he, he's trying to escape, but he, he's, he's looking 10 years out because he knows that all he has is, a, is a, little, a little rock. And so if he just keeps hitting that one spot over and over and over, eventually he's going to bust a hole through. The devil is pretty dang smart. That's what he does with us, and he hits us at the right time. Yep. He hits us at the right place. And he's looking for the weakness he's, in our armor. So absolutely. About the, if, the, if the battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and minions and powers in the heavenlies, so it's a spiritual battle. It's, a lot of our spiritual battle is done in our mind. So he's he's picking away. All right, that's a strong point. I'm not going to hit there. That's a strong point. Oh, mm -hmm. that's a little bit weaker. So I, I asked those probing questions. He asks those questions in ways that are not really founded on truth. And then all of a sudden he finds that weak spot and that's where he was. And so that's an example with, with Eve. He asked something, hard spot right there. Let me twist it a, a little bit so I can change mm -hmm. the question just mm -hmm. enough to make her think a little bit different. And it, and it worked through that one. I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it. So are you uh, on James one? No, I'm not in okay, Genesis 3. So, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable, look at that, it's good, it's oh, pleasing, gosh. and it's desirable <laughs> for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened. Um, it goes on from there. But. And so the evil one says, let me give you a different perspective. Yeah. You know what's really, what just struck struck me when you read that mm -hmm. is um, so many of the culturally accepted sins today fit right into that category. Absolutely. When I say culturally accepted sins, things that God has clearly said, no, you may not. But to us, or I say to us, to our culture, we go, yeah, but how can that be wrong? You know, it was pleasing it's good it's pleasing good, and it's desirable pleasing and desirable just because it's good pleasing and desirable doesn't mean we have license to do it that's right the only reason we can't do it in fact is because god said you may not do and, it and and interestingly too in this passage here after they did eat of the fruit their eyes were opened yeah so part of that was guilt devil's promise actually was fulfilled it was now, it was fulfilled in an evil way, but their eyes were opened, um, and, and then suddenly they're realizing we're naked. <laughs> you know? yeah. Let's get some fig leaves, um, but my goodness. You know, this is popping in my mind, too. The word's good and pleasing. I don't know if this relates to the podcast at all, but it says that the, the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye. You know, Romans 12 uh, talks about the will of God being his good and his pleasing, pleasing perfect his perfect will. will. Oh. Yeah. I've never put that together until right now. It's interesting. So we 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 have already agreed and we um we believe the Bible teaches that the devil can't make us do anything, but he certainly can get up in our face and he will. That's his that's what he does. He comes to steal, to kill and destroy. Yeah. Um so James one thirteen through sixteen says, When tempted, hmm. no one should say, God is tempting me. Hmm. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Mm. So temptation never comes from God. Never. Right. says it right here. But each person is tempted when they are, and listen to these words, when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Mm. Then, 
after desire has conceived, so after that mm-hmm. desire takes root and birth. and 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 is is ready to 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 give birth, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Hmm. And so we have there a progression of right. of sin. Yeah. Sin begins in the heart with an enticement. With an enticement, tempts us. But the, but, and it's but in the, the mind. And the temptation is not the sin. Correct. It's the action on the right. enticement, action on the on the uh, temptation. Right. So it's not until it, it is not until we are dragged away by the evil desire, and that desire is conceived. Mm-hmm. And so um, that makes me think that that like me, I know if, as I'm being led into sin, I say mm-hmm. I know. Oftentimes, it's very clear, hey, don't go on this path. And it's almost like you give up at some point going, I'm too far down now, right? Sure. Uh, I, I just, I can't stop now. I've already screwed up. But really, until until you fully go down that path, you have the opportunity to repent. You have the opportunity to turn. Where where we can go with this, though, the devil can't make us do anything. But what the can, devil can do, and he can do this very well because he's been doing it forever, is he can put everything in our path to put <laughs> to water that enticement, to make that enticement even stronger. Um, if somebody is struggling with a certain sin, uh, they're struggling with lust, the devil is going to put many, many tools in order to put that person, pornography. He's going to put other things in their path to 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 further pull them in. And he does that culturally. Like, pornography is big in our, in our culture today. So things are in our path to further drag it. Now, is he making somebody turn their computer on and do that? No. But he's he's providing yet another vehicle to to make that person go down that path. Am I making sense with that? Yeah, like, absolutely. So. You are. So what happens, what does a person do who is actively living and what they acknowledge is sin, but it is such an addiction in their heart and their life that they can't let go of it. They've prayed. They've asked forgiveness. It's a God, I don't want this anymore. Yet that addiction keeps bubbling itself back, whether that's alcoholism or drug abuse mm-hmm. or, or even pornography or some of these other ones that's been listed. What does the person do? Because they feel like, it, well, I don't want to do it in my heart, and it must be the devil making me do it because I, I've, I prayed. I asked God not to give it to me anymore, and yet I walked out the door this morning, and I still had that that overwhelming, oppressive desire that I just couldn't shake. What am I to do? I think there's so many ways to answer that. There's a lot of ways to answer that, and we're going to, we probably need to cover all these with accountability and different things. But one thing, just very practically, is... Let's say I'm trying to eat better. I don't need to go to Golden Corral and sit in there and stare at the buffet. Wait a minute now. I mean, I, I'm just using that I as an example. I feel like you are judging me. Okay, so here's what I could say. Here's what I could say is I'm trying to eat better, so I'm not going to go eat at Golden Corral. I'm not going to go eat at Golden Corral, but I'm just going to go smell. <laughs> and smell it. I'm just going to see it. I'm just going to have coffee but I'm, but I'm my not gonna, Yeah, Or I'm going to eat a water and, you know, and order a salad while I'm sitting there looking at all the other desserts across the table. Because you know what I'm going to do if I go? I'm going to fall. I'm going to eat poorly like I don't want to do. But I really, that's, a, that's a small example of what we do sometimes. We we put ourselves in these. Here's the practical advice. Don't put it, keep ourselves out of the situations that we know is our weakness. I know you're not saying this, so I'm not. So so, But but I, I want to say that that is our normal go-to as our first. That's first. 
but that's not what should that's be our first. Them, right. But I'm saying, because I, I, I know you agree with what I'm about to say. This is a struggle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and demons and powers. Our typical MO is to fight the battle by making rules and regulations yeah. and standards and accountability and all these things, but we're ignoring the root of the problem. The root is an evil desire. So our problem is not the sin. Our problem is the sin nature inside of us. There is We, we say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, but that's really not true. That's really not true. Sure. Our flesh is lusting after this thing, right. whatever it might be. And lust, the word lust in the Greek means a strong desire. It's typically right. given to sexual desire, but it could be anything. It's this overwhelming, all-consuming desire. And so we lust after whatever it is that has enticed us and captured us. So the only way to be set free from that is a, a supernatural move of God. But I, I put it as a multi-prong. Like right. It's, it's a both and because... But the start is the spiritual, it, yeah, not the physical. And the reason I'm coming with this is because with the the practical and the spiritual, they're both vitally important. And spiritual, yeah. I would say, yes, you're right, because it's you got to deal with the inside, the, the underneath it part. Um, but I have heard in my past, I've heard people say, I'm praying every morning for God to take this from me. God, fling it on me. Spirit of God, help me overcome this. And then they still go sit in a situation they know is going to make them yeah. downfall. So, Which is the essence of an addiction. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically the definition yeah. of it. I, have, I feel like I have no physical control. I just I, I cannot live without it. Right. I understand that it's sin. I understand that I don't right. want it. And so those are the, those are the ones that I'm thinking of that, are, that, that have the alcohol and the drug type of addictions that, that go to the meetings. They'll go to the programs. They'll mm -hmm. go through program after program after program, and they'll struggle, and their heart cry is, I don't want this anymore, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know what else to do. Mm. The, the, the programs aren't working. I prayed it's not working. And, you know, what, what, what help do we offer? I mean, it, accountability is part of it. The, the spiritual aspect is a must for it. It's uh, an absolute must because I can't do it without the Spirit of God. I would also, we've got folks that, that are legitimately struggling, yeah. and it's like, if it's not the devil making me doing it, then who's making me? Because I can't get over it. To kind of encourage that person to, uh, the struggle is real, and the fight may not be won overnight. You know, So mm -hmm. the, the good news is if somebody f cries out what you just said, I would at least say at least they're at the point where they are wanting to not do the thing that they're doing. You know, scarier to me is the person who just has accepted it and this is who I am. I'm just a drunkard, you know. At least they're there. So it's so easy in any sin to say, I've fallen, so oh well. Yeah. And just jump back. Just so who I am. Brush yourself off. Get back in the fight. You fail because this is what the devil does. He he whispers in your ear, see, I told you. <laughs> And that's I it. told her you're useless. That, that's, you're worthless. I think Jeff had mentioned it earlier, uh, maybe said it a little bit different, but there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Yeah. The condemnation is from the evil one. That's right. you, you dummy. You messed up again. I knew yeah. you couldn't do it. Yeah. You're, you're worth it. You know, all these negative things yeah. that, that, that he whispers in our ear, and then we even curse ourselves by speaking them over ourselves mm -hmm. out loud, which, yeah. is, which is horrible. But the conviction is the Holy Spirit of God. The conviction mm -hmm. is, is the Holy Spirit saying, you are called to more than You're this. You than this. Are, are better than this. You're yeah. called to holiness and purity. Yeah. You can walk into the wholeness of who God's created you to be because you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within you. So the conviction leads us to repentance. The condemnation leads us 
down a very dark path if we continue to carry that condemnation mm -hmm. and not look at it eyeball to eyeball and acknowledge who mm -hmm. it is. That is the devil. The devil's not making me do yeah. it, but the devil's sure talking in my ear. He's talking louder and louder, and he's reminding me of my past. Guess what, guys? You cannot make any changes to anything that happened five minutes ago or yeah. anything else the rest yeah, of your life. Ago. It's, yeah. it's history. Yeah. So, but but you can you can make up for the consequences, mm -hmm. or you can you can live through the consequences and make wise choices from this point forward. Yeah, it's it's a time. living in the in the moment. It's a holiness and purity yeah. in this moment. I learn from my past mistakes, and I do my absolute best not to make that mistake again. Yeah, you remind me of a, a message that Evie Hill preached: uh, "What to do when the devil talks to you." Mm -hmm. If y'all haven't hear, heard that uh, out in listener land, uh, phenomenal message. You can get it on YouTube. Um, but what he does is he he says, "You hit him. You got to hit him, mm -hmm. and then hit him, mm -hmm. and hit him, and hit him." And it and it's what he's saying is is echoing what the scripture's talking about. It, it's an offensive move. We're we we too often are defensive when it comes to sin. Hmm. We sit back and we wait to be tempted, and then we try to fight it off. Mm -hmm. What we should be doing is the offensive. In the Scripture, I believe it's Ephesians, it says, put to death. It's probably more than just Ephesians. It's, probably, it's all over the epistles, over, really. Yeah. Put to death. That's an offensive thing. Mm -hmm. It means that, and, and look, we. it's amazing to me how all of our conversations, all of our podcasts, ultimately can be boiled up into just a few principles. Mm -hmm. Spirit led, the Spirit of God is is who is leading us on a daily basis. We are yielding to Him and letting Him lead. Mm -hmm. So to put to death means that we are on a daily basis praying what what David prayed in Psalm is it fifty one? Yeah. Uh, you know, create in me a clean heart, O God. Search me, O God. Know my thoughts. If I'm not getting renew, confused. Renew right spirit. Yeah. So yeah. it's this desire for God to indwell us through mm -hmm. the power of His Spirit. And and mine out of us, or not mine, but reveal in mm -hmm. us the things that are not pleasing. Mm -hmm. That requires a teachable spirit, and that requires intentionality, right? Yeah, yeah. And the best context that we can do that in is within the context of the body. So there's accountability there. Absolutely. So what you were saying in, in the epistles, he says, put this these things to death. He also says, put on. Yeah. Put on mm -hmm. righteousness. Right. Put on salvation. Put on um, the sword of the spirit and, yeah. and put on faith as the lifestyle. Those are the things that we go into battle with righteousness, righteousness, righteousness. If we walk in the righteousness and the holiness of God, the evil one's still going to attack. And here's the thing about, so uh, just think about righteousness for a moment. So we, we talked about Ephesians six, about the principalities battles, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, dominions, mm -hmm. powers in the heavenlies. Well, the next thing is the spiritual armor of God. Yeah. And so we tend to focus on the armor, but I want you to think about armor for a second. Think about armor. You, you've got this breastplate of righteousness, this solid metal breastplate. What's its purpose? To keep your innards from being cut out, mm -hmm. from getting stabbed by a sword or a spear or being stuck by an arrow. It reflects it off. But guess what? Even if you've got a great big covering over your chest and your stomach and you get broadsided by a massive sword that does not penetrate, what's it do hurt. to you? It not only hurts you, bruised. you take it off and you're bruised. Mm -hmm. And we think because we put on the spiritual yeah. armor of God, well, I'm, good, I'm completely baby. covered. Yeah. Guess what? When the attack comes, you're going to be bruised. Mm -hmm. And in the... And according the way that scripture ends, it's not you don't put that on so that at the end of the day you're not bruised, or at the end of the day you're not hurt. At the end of the day, you're you're, you're not um, worn out. And so at the end of the day, you're left standing. Mm -hmm. 
that's the purpose of it to remain standing bruised broken hurt but standing because you have righteousness and faithfulness Mm -hmm. and security and salvation on and on we we're preaching a false doctrine if we if if people out there we we don't do this but but this is taught out there that, that the Christian life is not a, a fight. I mean, it is. Yeah, it, it's supposed to be about bigger houses and cars. Yeah, and I mean, it, the prosperity gospel has basically killed the mission of the people of God. We are in a fight, maybe too strong. But we are. We're in a no, it fight is. It's for a war. holiness. It is a Absolutely. war that's going on in the heavenlies. Um, you know, Paul talks about throwing off the sin that so easily entangles us. That's an action we do. That's something we do. Get rid of it. You know, put off the old self. Put on the new self. Throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. Take every thought captive. I am convinced that at the root of our weakness, say weakness, at the root of our so easily being led into sin is we don't know the voice of God and we haven't listened to the Word of God. If we knew what God's Word said, and if we knew how to hear his voice on a daily basis, we would not have the same intense—we wouldn't have the same struggle. It would be a different struggle, but we wouldn't be dealing with the same kind of basic— Honestly, let's, be, let's face it, most believers don't really, have, uh, don't really have to be tempted very long before they just give in. And they don't have to be tempted by— Big, ginormous things. It's like mo- most believers, this is a blanket statement, I know, but I think it's true. Most believers are so shallow in God's Word and so shallow in a relationship with God that it just takes a little bit of temptation. Okay, I'm going to, you know, uh, just lay down. Yeah. Underneath, even more basic than that, I think, underneath every single sin, I think it could all boil down to this, there is a promise of something that we don't have. So this sin that whatever it may be, this is going to give me something that I don't currently have. God promises the same exact thing. I'm going to give you something you don't have. I'm going to give you everything you need and more. But that it it boils down to that like what are we going to believe? Are we going to know the, know the heart of our God so well? Are we going to know the word of God so well that we truly believe if we're living in that faith that's our combat for sin. It's and that is that is the righteousness and the whole that is remembering what he has given us. Absolutely. I this reminds me of what Henry Blackaby taught so many years ago in experiencing God. He says that we basically hear God, we hear the spirit of the living God speaking to us to reveal his purpose, his action, his ways through four processes, through four ways. Prayer, scripture, um, the the Bible, church, and circumstances. Yeah. So if you think about it, and I've tweaked these a little bit to explain them a little bit a little bit easier. If we don't spend time passionately pursuing God in prayer, I'm not talking about the prayer before I go to bed, prayer before I before I eat my food type of prayer, but really chasing after God in prayer. And some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. And honestly, a few years ago, being in ministry 20 years, I still had no idea what I was talking about there. Yeah. I, I assumed that it was, I'm just saying my prayers. Yeah. It's this passionate of pursuing, this chasing after God type of prayer. Mm-hmm. If we're not doing that, then one quarter of the three of the four ways that God speaks is null and void because I'm not mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. Another way is the church. And we're not talking about 
Sunday morning worship alone. We're talking about living in biblical community, yeah. root groups, life groups, discipleship groups, Bible people study people. groups, yeah. people on people, one-on-one -on -one coffee shops, things of these yeah. natures, all of that. If we don't do anything with the body of Christ, there's another way that God speaks to us that we're not able to listen. The third is the scripture and the study and reading godly material. Now, I encompass that today is also, you know, listening to worship music, listening to podcasts, reading godly material, mm -hmm. watching sermons online, things like All of these things mm -hmm. represent studying of the scripture. If I don't do anything, if I don't read the Bible, if I don't talk about the scripture, if I don't read anything that points me to God, then there's three-fourths of the way that God actively yeah. speaks to us this out the window, I can't hear him. So God only has the opportunity to use circumstances. And I can tell you from personal experience <laughs> work. that you don't want that to be the only way that God. I can interpret gets anything any way I want yeah. to, honestly. Yeah, and and I want to clarify because I know you mean it this way, Brent. You're not saying that books about the Bible are inspired in God's word. You're not saying that worship songs are inspired. No, no but what You're, I am saying is that anything that points me to Jesus can I can tool. I can yeah. I can be spoken to by the voice of yeah. God through that. I do I do not put any book equal to the scripture. That's what I want to yeah. but I, I know that, that about you, but I want to make sure people any, listening didn't anything that that is pointing me to Jesus, Holy the Holy Spirit of God will speak within me speaks, and yeah. confirm whether or not that's of yeah. him or not of him. If it's disagreeing with the scripture, throw it away. Yeah. Well, you know what? That that's what I love about serving with you guys is I know that you ha you have a rock solid hill to die on belief that the word of God Sure. is totally inspired and that it is the the authority in our life that we judge everything else by. But we also don't deny the work of the Spirit. We also yeah. don't deny that God does work through circumstances. We don't deny sure. that He uses men and women of God to teach mm -hmm. different parts of the kingdom. So um, we don't throw all that stuff out. I, I think that, that, that it's the right way to go. We let God's Word be supreme, but everything else confirms uh, and, and helps us to understand. Can I, can yeah, I, why don't my, you finish it off? Well, my last word, because this just hit me as we were talking. It's practical <laughs> advice, I think. Um, I mentioned earlier the take every thought captive, because I think that is that is a part of the key in sinfulness. Um, but taking every thought captive, what it does not mean is thinking about it and weighing the pros and cons out of our current situation. If you do that, you've already lost, and you're leading down that James passage where you're being enticed because your flesh will always win out in that argument. What I believe taking every thought captive means is immediately stop it and think about what God promises us. Go to the other promise. Absolutely. Speak, it, speak and pray out loud biblical truths yeah. over your over your own Go life. Go straight to something else. The and, Psalms. Pray yeah. the Psalms over yeah. your very soul out loud so your ears actually hear it. Especially yeah. when those when those thoughts are coming, turn immediately, turn and flee. You know, I love the example that we have with Joseph when Joseph is at Potiphar's house and uh, Potiphar's wife comes on to him. Joseph didn't didn't go. Let me just stop. Let me just let me just time out. Let, let me think, think about, this, about little bit. this a little yeah. bit. Man, he ran. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. all we can do is run. Yeah. And re honestly, maybe that should be our first response because the flesh is weak. Don't think. Yeah. Don't even think. Go. Run. Then turn around and go, okay, what should I do? Um, just, just get out of there. Yeah, Guys, thank you. It's been a good podcast. It's been a lot of fun. I hope this has been encouraging and helpful to folks. And um, I pray that you guys will fight the good fight. And after you do all these things, stand. It is worth the commitment to Christ. It's absolutely worth it. Yep. 
Um, I also want to make note that there were about a hundred songs playing in my head with every single phrase that we, or almost every phrase that we talked about today. And I run, just, devil, run, I, I, run, that's exact. I just, I just wanted to make note that Why I did does not. The devil have all the good. Music? I just did not. I just did not <laughs> sing them all. So I wanted to. I wanted a little credit for the restraint. You, I'm impressed that I that I that I did today because I I know I'm I've been chastised not verbally but. Uh, uh, roundabout way for interrupting people's thoughts. So, on the flip side, we will see you again. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.